Welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning Va'ez Hanan Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Pasha's Va'ez Hanan. Our Aliyah is only um, seven, 18 Sukkim long, running from Perek Hey Pasuk Aleph to Yud Zion. But it is a very, very important Aliyah. It is the Aliyah which includes the Ten Commandments. We hear a basic summary and then we'll take a look at some of the points to ponder. Moshe called Israel and said to them, you've got to listen. God uh, to learn and guard the Torah. He, Hashem made a covenant at Sinai with Israel. And the covenant is not just with your parents, but with you now present. That means generation two. Hashem then spoke to them face to face. And Moshe explained that he stands between Hashem and the people because they were in fear. They feared the fire and they couldn't go up. And he then presents with them the Ten, the ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are Hashem is the God who took Israel out of the house of slavery. That's belief in God according to most of the before Hashem, Israel should not make any images in the, the, in the heavens and the earth, that they should not serve or bow down to them because Hashem is a jealous God who will hold the sins intergenerationally. Number three is, do not take the name of God in vain. Number four is, God, the Shabbos to sanctify it. For six days you will work, and the seventh day is Shabbos, a day where everyone in your household will rest because you'll remember you were a, a slave in Egypt and Hashem took you out of Egypt. Number five is, honor your parents as Hashem command you in order to extend your life and in order for you to have a good life on this earth. Number six, do not murder. Number seven, do not adulterate. Number eight, do not kidnap. Number nine, do not bear false testimony against your friend. And number ten, do not envy the spouse, house, field, servants, or anything of your friend. Let's take like a, ba- a basic few questions. Number number one is Hashem is emphasizing, Moshe Rabbein is telling people that this covenant is intergenerational, meaning to say you bear the responsibility for this now, even though you're a second generation, even though your parents who had Sinai are no longer around. That's what he's saying. How does that work exactly? Why should a person who wasn't there be bound by a covenant that they didn't make? So the Haimek Dover explains, Rav Natal and Hatali Yoda Berlin explains, that all the souls of all the future Jews to be born were at Sinai themselves. What sometimes is explained is that sort of all the elements of all the souls, the 600,000, literally mean to say the 600,000 full souls, all other souls are permutations. So it's almost like the chemical table of elements. Any other souls are permutation of those different souls or sub-souls later on in history. So really all, all the nation of Israel were there and all future converts to the nation of Israel were also there in the soul. The Malbim extends a little bit differently where he explains that actually um, it was the covenant was made with the community, not the individual. So we may be individuals, but we're part of the community. And therefore, as being part of that community, we are therefore also part of that contract made at Sinai. Um, and that, uh, almost a century ago, there was a, um, a terrible murder which was called Leopold and Loeb, where there were two students at the University of Chicago who in May 1924 kidnapped a 14-year-old and committed uh, what they wanted to be the crime of the century, a perfect murder. They were captured and they were put into prison. And the court case took a number of years. Well, one of the fascinating defenses that was brought on their behalf was that um, because it took so long to um, to actually issue the verdict, they claimed that they were no longer the same people who were um, who committed the murder because all of the cells in their bodies at that point in time had died and be re- re- rejuvenated. So it was a whole new, we'll call it cellular structure um, of the bodies of the accused, of the, the defendants. Um, and the truth is, is that of course was rejected because although all the souls actually were not the same as the ones that committed the crime, they themselves as an entity were still the same entity. Same thing with Israel. Some of the cells, which means the individual souls of the nation may renew and change every generation, but the nation itself remains the same. And that's what's being described over here as the Malbim explains. Another question. We're not going to focus on the structures of the Aserah Sadibros because that will focus on in Parashas Yisra, 
But it's interesting to notice that this is a second version of our Seras Debros, which are said in Pasha's Yisroi and in Pasha's Vayas Hanan. So uh, it is interesting to say that why is it that there, there are a number of differences between the two. Why are there differences? Why are there discrepancies? So Ibn Ezra in Pasha's Yisroi explains that the first is Hashem's word in Pasha's Yisroi and in Pasha's Vayas Hanan is Moshe's explanation of it. So Moshe Rabbeinu will amend certain places to make it more understandable. So he gives examples that when um, Hashem talked about the the Eved and the Amar, that your slave and, and, and servant um, will um, rest on Shabbos, he explains that by saying because you were slaves in Egypt. So Moshe Rabbeinu is adding on to make it more understandable to the people as well. Um, so there are a number of explanations that way. The Netziv says, no, not at all. There were two sets of Luchos. There was the first set and the second set. The first set were the ones referred to in Parshas Yisra, and the second set was a slightly different text that was in Parshas Vayishchanan. So one would need to say what, what accounts all of those. So just a few basic differences which are worthwhile noting. Um, in the second set of Luchos, by the in order that it should be good for you, it doesn't say it in the first Debrois. And there's a whole discussion as to why it's omitted in the first. When you say something is good, you're automatically implying that there is something bad. When we have the second set of Luchos, the, the, the notion of badness in the world, badness had re-entered the world at this point in time, which is why we could talk about Laman It's also interesting that the only letter in Aseris Debrois, which does not appear in the first set of Luchos, was the letter Tess, which means to say when they were destroyed and those letters returned to heaven at that point in time, the letter Tess was not destroyed in the first place which means to say the letter test of Hatov is, so to speak, saved, although in the second set of Luchos, which are not to be destroyed, it is introduced. Zachar and Shomar, famously, are, the, are whether we guard or whether we remember the Shabbos, are very central. One is a positive commandment and one is a negative commandment. That's very important, halakhically speaking, which means the negative and positive commandments of Shabbos are interconnected because those two words were said at the same time as the Gemara tells us, which is why women are obligated in the positive mitzvahs of Shabbos as well, like Kiddush and Abdallah, um, Oineg Shabbos, because they are connected to the negative mitzvahs, which a woman is also um, part of. So there's a lot of fascinating um, halachas which are learned um, for over here. Why is the Shabbos in the first set of, uh, of Debrois, one is based on Yitzhiyas. The first set of because Hashem created the heavens and earth. The second set of because HaKadosh Baruch who took us out of Egypt. So the Malbim explains one it was experiential for that for the generation. It was Nisim v'Niflois. It was um, miraculous events, whereas the Briyash Shemayim Va'aretz was something that nobody was around for. It's You can only see Hashem through that, through investigating nature. So very different, different ideas which are expressed in the discrepancies which happen. Now, um, why why are these ten chosen from all other mitzvahs? Why are these so axiomatic? The Malbim says they're all natural moral code. They're things that are very, very basic understandings. One may have to ask a few questions on the Malbim. What about Shabbos? You know, is envy something which we can really achieve? Um, Rav Sajid Goen and is followed by the Ksav HaKabola understand that in fact if you're to really study the entire Torah packed into the Aseris and Debrois are all the rest of the 613 biblical commandments and the Ksavah Kabbalah goes so far as to suggest that they were even inscribed on the first set of Luchos the explanations were, were actually inscribed so when the Luchos were shattered we lost that and then we only have that now as Torah Sheba'al Peh as the oral Torah as to how to unpack each of the Debrois being categories of ideas rather than specific mitzvahs themselves with this we close a obviously very, very packed Aliyah with a little bit of the tip of the iceberg understanding and appreciating Nasser Asadiros. Have a wonderful and meaningful day.